Hi, I'm Alex Kaola, and you're listening to Intuition Calling, the podcast designed to help you self-actualize. My background as a corporate leader turned professional intuitive and executive coach has provided me with a ton of insight into the process of understanding human potential, growth, and the pursuit of our calling. I believe that in order to navigate our path with confidence, we have to strengthen the resonance of our intuition so that when it calls you, you're ready to answer. Each episode, I answer your questions, either solo or with another intuitive leader. You can write in with your questions to me on Instagram at High Priestess of Brooklyn. Now, let's start our call. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of Intuition Calling. It's me, Alex, and today I'm interviewing my friend Lexi, another Alexandra, if you're curious, um, that differentiated herself, uh, just like I, with a nickname. And she, <laughs> but we have so much in common. Like we have gut health issues together. Um, we both love astrology and human design. We're both business owners. We're both blonde. We're both have a Capricorn placement. We both have a Gemini placement. (laughs) Um, that's not really why I was interviewing her, but I do enjoy, as you know, like getting a sense of the alignment and also the complementary things that bring people together. Um, which are a lot of the things that we talk about in this episode, actually. So Lexi has a fascinating journey as a uh, entrepreneur and new mom. And we talk a lot about that transitionary journey because that's actually the question that we're answering in this uh, episode, but I didn't explicitly say it. So Jude, thank you so much for asking the question of how did you work on your future job so that you could leave your day job? Um, and we both kind of discuss a little bit about that transitionary period between, you know, traditional career and this business that we both started and wanted to run full time and sort of the ways that we were pushed or the path became very clear for us to to do that. And, and basically the, the sentiment comes through, and I've been reflecting a lot on this recently, of just like how it's very hard to do two things at once. You can do it for a period of time, but it's like riding in between two cars and like eventually you're going to, they're not going to be, you know, it's not going to be so comfy to straddle them, right? Like you're going to have to pick the one that's going in the direction that like you've, you know, maybe the better car or the car that you've put more investment in, right? Like, and you have to let one go and, and, you know, you can't, you can't ride it anymore. So we talk about that in relationship to like becoming a mother as she has done and, she is becoming a second business owner as well, which is, <laughs> she's just so enterprising. Again, um, as an entrepreneurial kind of muscle being flexed the, for the second time. And, you know, is that easier? And and she's basically like created a couple businesses now that are truly based on a need that she herself had, which I think is also a fabulous lens of entrepreneurship in general. And I really, you know, invite you if you're thinking about starting something to think about like, 
what are you so passionate about? What are, what are the things that you're jumping in and learning so much about? Are you becoming an expert in anything? And is that something that you feel like you could help somebody else with? Like answering that question, you know, what are you qualified to teach can be applied to businesses as well. So I think in hearing Lexi's story, you might have a few light bulbs ping in your own brain about what are the intuitive pings that are already happening in your life that are potentially leading you to either running a business or moving into a more aligned career in general. So we go all over the map with this. We obviously talk about astrology, human design, which is becoming the cool new popular girl that we've invited to the lunch table <laughs> and is like hitting a tipping point in kind of the the well like spiritual wellness community and pe- more and more people are talking about human design. And so she does a really good job of explaining sort of it as a um, a science or an overview. There's also a few few resources that um, we drop in the episode as well to kind of help you learn more. Actually, Lindsay mentioned Jenna Zoe on her podcast as well when we talk about um, human design too. So we talk about her website, which is myhumandesign.com. And so if you're curious as you listen to this episode to like pull up your own chart, I highly encourage you to. Um, I love pulling up human design for my clients to kind of show them a couple pieces of their chart, which are extremely helpful for like conserving their energy and being put into the right position to make certain decisions and things like that. So there's a lot that can be very helpful um, from looking at your chart. And then Lexi has a ton of information about parenthood. So her next business is called Circle, and it's a derivative of her current business or her first business, which is called The Confidence Co., which is actually a gut health um, and uh, wellness brand. But they have digestive enzymes and they have a ton of resources on gut health and the gut-brain connection and things like that. And then um, I actually love those digestive enzymes, so I'm going to link them in the show notes too. I carry them in my purse every day. Truly not an ad, but I'm obsessed. And, um, you know, for all my girlies who uh, (laughs) can't, you know, process dairy or gluten, (laughs) this one's for you. Uh, But anyway, her second business, which is called um, Circle, like I said, is for um, expectant moms and moms who are in the fourth trimester, as they say, and like finding the, the village that is going to show up and support you. Lexi kind of creates that network for you to step into. Um, so if you're a new mom, if you're like thinking about that, if you're pregnant right now and you're trying to like assemble your team, this is definitely the resource for you. So I'm going to link all that in the show notes so you can follow Lexi and learn a little bit more about her multiple businesses. Now she's, I think we would say if you have multiple businesses that you're running an empire. So Lexi's running an empire. So you can learn more about her, her empire and, uh, what she's all about on social media. Her primary handle is Lexi loves carbs. Again, I'll link it in the show notes. And her business is called The Confidence Co. 
and the new business is called Circles. So you can DM her on Instagram to get into the next cohort. She's launching them um, for free until the top of the year. So I highly encourage you to get started now. I think I might too, even though I'm not pregnant yet. And um, I think you guys are kind of picking up if you've been binging uh, all along that I like want I'm like interviewing moms and like soon to be moms to like get a handle on that journey myself. So this is really helping me. (laughs) I hope it's helping you as well, but there's tons of nuggets in this one. So, um, feel free to, again, share it with someone, like share it with an expectant mom, share it with a mom who is, you know, has just had a baby and maybe is looking for the community. I think that this one would be perfect for her, And also thinking about, um, you know, just the, the way in which we all show up and support one another and, you know, kind of go to each other for our expertise. And I think Lexi is a fabulous example of like truly living in her alignment and leaning into the things she's really good at and, and kind of creating businesses to support her, um, and a life to support her around those natural talents. So I know that you will love this one. And, um, please, uh, know that we kind of stop abruptly and I'm kind of joking around, but truly my computer was on 7% and was dying. So I had to unhook and we were honestly closing up anyway, but I promise you, I will do my best to get better at the technical side of a podcast. (laughs) It's a one woman show over here. So inadvertently, if you do know somebody who can help me, can just come here and just do it, do it for me, do the tech for me. And, you know, would be willing to, um, you know, what's so funny though. And this is funny. I mean, he is so great and I'm actually going to ask him, I'm going to go over after this, but (laughs) you would not believe this. Okay. So quick little sidebar. We moved into our place in Ridgewood in Queens in March. And we live in a place that has a backyard, which is amazing. And then our neighbors that hadn't moved in yet share it with us, right? So we always knew we were sharing the backyard, but we didn't know who was going to move in. So we were like, okay, you know what? Best case scenario is like we have this couple that we really like. They have um, a dog or, you know, don't have a dog, but love dogs. And we just like get along famously and have the best freaking time in our backyard. So for a long time, nobody moved in though. So then we were like, maybe the best case scenario is like no one ever lives here. (laughs) But then that wasn't the case. They did end up renting it. And I remember when they moved in, um, it was first the guy moved in next door. His name is Alex. And he, uh, (laughs) he's a podcast editor and sound engineer. (laughs) See how funny this is. And then his, um, girlfriend had not moved in yet. And she, um, she was like moving from Mexico and getting her shit together essentially. And so she moved in and we got along like super famously, like right away pretty much. And, they have a really cute dog named Jackson and Shiva and Jackson get along super well. And he like helped her heal all her trust issues. And it's like just the best, truly best case scenario. So that's manifestation for you. Um, 
And so I'm going to ask Alex if he actually will help me do my podcast. I don't know if, um, I don't know. Like, I don't know what he'll say. Right. And like he charges a good, a pretty penny because he should and everyone should. Right. But, um, but I did truly move in next door to a, a, to a person that is actually an expert in this, which is pretty fucking funny. If you ask me, the universe has a sense of humor and always delivers. So, okay, now, without further ado, please welcome Lexi Ayasa to Intuition Calling. I feel you. I have one of those shirts that has, like, the boobs drawn on them. Yes. And I'll wear that. And I don't notice that people are looking at me, but when I'm with my husband and I'm wearing it, he's like, he'll like laugh and I'll be like, what's so funny? And someone will like, I guess was like staring at me or something with like, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) It's kind of a good frame of you need a mirror to be able to be somewhat aware of anything that's happening like yeah. if it's a physical mirror or if it's a person that you're with who's like you're wearing a boob shirt and you're like oh yeah I forgot yeah. it's kind of like the nature of reality we're in Libra season two by the way as we record this so mm-hmm. often thinking about like self in relationship to the other and like that that is truly the only way you can see yeah yourself yeah is through basically yeah. having a mirror of someone else yes very cool. And that like, I mean, this is getting like kind of esoteric too, but like also that you, there's only so much that you can learn on your own and the rest has to be done in reflection to the other. So like your partner is your guru, your guru is your guru, your teacher is your teacher, <laughs> you know, like that whole um sort of like you work on yourself until the point where you get into a relationship to another. Yep. And then you work on yourself some more. Yep. Nope. That could not be more accurate. Figuring out how to grow with someone too is definitely a whole other challenge. You've been with your partner for a long time. Yeah. Like 11 years. Wow. And so how have you seen the relationship, particularly like through motherhood, change? Yeah. Because I know you've seen each other in such different identities. I would say that I think I am more reaffirmed all the time that I chose the right person, mm. which which is great. I mean, honestly, I couldn't say there's a better outcome for that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when you grow with someone, especially from a young age, I think that it could go one of two ways. You either grow apart and – like things happen, maybe you break up or maybe like you're just stuck in a relationship that doesn't really work for you, but you don't want to leave because you're stuck um, and you, that's all you know, basically. Um, or like it really develops into something really beautiful and intense and like I think parenthood, just like you asked, really kind of forces that out of someone. And one thing that's really interesting from a stat perspective that I share actually in the circles, and we'll talk about those later, is that one in five couples don't survive the first year of of parenthood. What? Yeah. So that is a crazy stat and it's also super common. Um, So you will learn a lot about yourself and a lot about your partner and how they can support you. And the crazy thing is that like your first year of motherhood, like you're not really yourself. 
like as a woman, because you're going through postpartum. So finding someone who really understands that part of you too just means either your relationship wasn't really strong enough to do the whole parenthood journey with that person. So anyways, there's a lot of things that you have to consider when you decide to be a parent with someone, just given the stat. Right. And it kind of reminds me of the stat that like parents who go through the loss of a child also don't survive. I think Mm -hmm. it's a higher statistic actually, maybe 50%. That's probably probably accurate. Yeah. And that makes sense because it's like a complete shift and change. And so if you've gotten somewhat used to a relationship and almost like gotten a handle on it, like, oops, it's going to change again. Oops, it's going to change again. So it's almost like and we say this as CEOs, right? Like freedom within a framework. Like you're needing to build a relationship to flex into these different identities that happen. Particularly, I think parenthood is probably the biggest shift of a relationship identity, right? For sure. I mean, and finding someone who's okay with the fact that you are going to change and is willing to change with you or embrace whatever that new version Mm -hmm. of yourself is is also mm. a really, really, really um, difficult thing to find in a partner. And so when you're choosing your partner, you kind of have to think about a lot of things, which is why I am very, very like, I mean, I think it's good for people to be picky about what they look for in a partner, <laughs> right? Um, especially when you decide to marry them. So there's just so many things to consider. And maybe like people don't decide to have kids, which is totally fine too, but that doesn't mean that you're still not going to have like changes per se. So for example, like I think that females go through like a transformation identity crisis for lack of a better word when they go through becoming a mom and postpartum and like normalizing that kind of stuff is really big. But then men a lot of times go through that in a totally different way, which usually everyone says like is a midlife crisis Um, But we forget that women still have to go through those. That's like a force. Like you have to. We're forcing women to go through that because like you're having a child, you have to make space for someone else versus like men when they go through that, like maybe they do go through a transformation when they become a parent for sure, but it's not as strong as that for a woman just because it's literally your body um, and your hormones. But they go through something later. And that's why I think it's okay to be understanding that they're just going to have their own process. (laughs) But it's interesting that we recognize that process almost more so. When we talk about midlife crisis, like, when do you usually think of a woman? I mean, I I feel like I would put the midlife crisis for a woman way later because they live later. That's true. Yeah. Longer. Yeah. So I would probably put it at the second Saturn return, like around 60. I feel like yeah. a Grace and Frankie age. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Is no. there a right answer? That, no. I mean, I think that's really interesting. No. I think that was, like – No, I think I'm that, like, um, I think that – There is no right answer, by the way. Yeah. The good thing is that like I think that if you become a mom or you go through that kind of stuff, you have one transformation, but it becomes way easier for you to transform into other things later because you've given yourself permission and self-compassion about that kind of stuff. But if like men haven't, and there's obviously a lot of ego that goes into that, like it can be much more difficult for them later, which is probably why um, I feel like they should lean on women for that. But (laughs) Right. And 
it would be interesting to see because heterosexual relationships are what we're talking about here, like yeah. what that would look like for like same sex relationships or, yeah. you know, it, it would it flex? Because I'm fascinated about like gender roles in general. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I are both people that like have traditionally flipped that for ourselves being like business owners and not to say that like it's not in the gender roles to own a business if you're a woman, but you have to flex into like masculine quite a bit and Mm -hmm. for all the things that are needed to set up a business in capitalism. But the gender roles flipping or switching when it comes to something like parenthood, which we do see happen more frequently now, which is kind of interesting. And this is traditional gender roles. So like woman stays at home and takes care of the kids and husband goes to work. But like what happens if like both parents are in the exact same positions, like my husband and I, it's a question mark, right? Like it traditionally falls to the mother, but I'm curious if you've seen, you know, some gender roles flip in your relationship or just like, how you've seen that shake out in this like I don't know would we call it like a modern society I guess we'd call it modern society but like there's there's some weird shit still going on so I don't know it doesn't always feel modern there's still (laughs) a lot of heavy stuff but um yes I will say that you have to find someone who's also willing to step into their feminine because of that which I think obviously we're hinting at which I so agree with like my husband taking on like like feeding the baby when I'm not there or like taking care of him and like it's funny because we're like oh like he's spending time with the baby like wow amazing versus like we spend time with the baby all the time like (laughs) making that like totally not normalized as like a praise for the dad when he spends like a few hours with the child I'm like no 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 this is this is because you're a dad. Like, this isn't because you just, like, deserve it's your kid too. an award that you just spent, like, a few hours. And, like, we don't have that, like, perspective at all. But I do know that, like, in more traditional relationships or just traditional societal norms, we glorify a father for spending so much time with their with their kid, even if it's, like, a few hours on the weekend. And, and like, that's funny because, like, I don't know, like, for me, like, I really tried to step into like being a parent on figuring out how to make a lot of things equal, not only to give myself some personal sanity, but also just because I want him to like be involved as much as possible. And I think because of our generation that we can do it all and we're independent and it's definitely a much more like millennial mindset. Um, I can't speak to Gen Z because I haven't seen many of them have kids yet, but um But I will say that, like, we just think that we can do it all um, because that's how we were conditioned. It's like you can have a business and you can be a mom and you can have a family. Like, you can do everything. And that's just, like, not practical. Like, you you can try. You might be successful sometimes, but you're probably going to cry a lot. (laughs) You're going to have breakdowns. You're going to have identity shifts and, like, Who's going to be there for you? Like yourself? Yes, but like your partner needs to be 100% there for you or an, or a caretaker, a nanny, a parent, like whatever it is, um, you need support and you need help. And I think we've been conditioned to not ask for it because we shouldn't accept help because we can do everything on our own. And so that's like right. one of the things that like I'm hugely teach just like it's okay to ask for help. Like you're right. only one person. Like 
need your partner to step in. You need like family or a caretaker and like spending money on those people, even if you don't have that much money coming in, is still good for your sanity. Right. Like, and like, that's totally worth the investment. Like what kind of price do you put on your personal mental health? Like, what is it? Is there a number? Like, you're asking me these questions that are meant to be hypothetical, but I kind of want to answer. No, I'm just kidding. Please. <laughs> You're like, like a million dollars. Yeah. A oh million my God. <laughs> yeah. Jinx. I mean, we're, I think that is flexing into feminine, right? Like this idea that the community is so important. It takes a village. And then that masculine approach is like, I can do it all myself. Like I don't need help. Um, and that's how our whole society is built. So it's right. like I don't even fault the generations for who have grown up like completely needing to learn how to survive and especially creating a business, which is akin to like creating life, right? It's just like a, it's not the same thing, but it's like a cycle the same way. Correct. And yeah. we see it done, you know, like kind of in a masculine approach of like you get an investor, you get money this way, you stay lean for as long as possible. You don't ask for support. You don't hire people until you absolutely need to, until you stretch, stretch, stretch yourself to this point. And like, why wouldn't we think that women are going to do this exact same thing when it comes to motherhood? And then you don't empower, not only are you not, are you disenfranchised, you're potentially really isolated. You don't know how to ask for help. You don't have anybody around you and when you're at your lowest moments. And that's not how you would want to run a business. It's definitely not how you want to run a household so that like nobody's empowered but you. And then therefore all the need is on your – is on you too. It's just, yeah, I mean yeah. heavy and stressful. A hundred percent. And like I really prepped. Like, I thought I prepped for, like, my birth. Like, I did everything I wanted. I had, like, my natural birth. I had, like, all the stuff. Like, I had my doula. And then, like, what I didn't prep for was, like, postpartum. I, like, just didn't mm. – and it's not something that, like, we're really given. Like, okay, here's what you should know about postpartum. Like, like just, like, not something. And so that's one thing I try to create for people is, like, giving them a framework of, like, here's some community and here's some, like, people and, like, mm. here's, like, here's, like, just stuff that you should know about postpartum that, like, everyone wishes that they knew uh, just because, like, having, like, information is power and then you also just feel better knowing that you're not alone because it's so isolating the first, like, fourth trimester, which I think is, like, a whole year in my opinion. Um, right. And even if you have friends, like, making sure that, like, they're not just showing up to hold your baby. They're like showing up to hold you. Like, like you're right. the person who gave birth. Like that's what's you know what I mean. And and yeah. like funny part that you said is like it takes a village. There's so many memes and stuff like that online, which I laugh at all the time. It's like, but when does the village show up? Like, wh when do they get here? Like, I was expecting people to like be helping me. Like, no, no one came. <laughs> Yeah, like there's this like alert that goes out to your neighborhood. They're like, this bitch just had a kid. Yeah. Can someone get her breakfast? Yeah. <laughs> she needs like to have meals made to her house. <laughs> Make sure they're warm, bone broth so she can repair herself. Like, come That's on. That's <laughs> a business idea, isn't it? I mean, we're both like Capricorning over here. Exactly. Um, <laughs> we are. Wait, explain, like, because you've mentioned, you know, how you help people create community, like, what do you do? What is, what is that framework? Like how can people 
kind of get prepped in that sense to create the village for themselves. Yeah, no, thank you um, for even asking. Um, so basically after I had postpartum, like right after my postpartum, I had like friends and I had people who had babies and I did baby group and like that kind of stuff. And you go to baby group and everyone's talking just about your baby and you're like, oh, cool. Yeah, like my baby's kind of sleeping or he's not sleeping, he's screaming or whatever it is. Um, but none of my group really like felt like they got deep on the mom and like there wasn't really a specific thing for mom and I had a lot of things happen like my first year postpartum like to friends to family and things like that that's just like totally out of my control really affected me because I was like in a complete disarray of my hormones and like postpartum is just like tough period and really getting out of the first year or even like 18 months and I was like wow I feel like a different person because I actually like focused on myself um but like I did therapy I like hired a professional coach like I just needed like so much support and like what I wanted to do after I kind of got out of this whole like 18 or so months later and I'm basically almost two years out of my first kid like create some type of like program for people to like get into with a small group community to one be able to like have a postpartum circle that's what I'm calling it circle confidence circle that people mm-hmm. can like have like usually I only do like six to eight I don't want any more than that in each group just because one it's just nice to have it small so people can like interject say there's stuff going on with them it's okay to bring your baby on but like all of it's completely focused on the mom like talking about identity doing like visualizations and meditations and like really just having self-compassion for yourself. Then also like working with a one-on-one with other people in the group to be able to like feel like you can Mm -hmm. foster that like connection with them um, on like growing yourselves too. And then I switch every month. So it's like a 12-week program right now. And I'm doing something also, which I've been inspired to do is people who are pregnant, like actually come on for like three weeks in a group and able to learn about what postpartum really is (laughs) and then like feel like you actually have like your emotional registry done um so you have like oh I I have this friend I told her exactly what I need I have this person I know exactly that kind of stuff so you have those things set up for you so you don't feel you feel like one prepared and then two like you know you have like your friends who you actually can like really rely on or family that you can rely on um so anyways I'm doing those two things which is funny because like we talked about, like I have a business that is very separate from that. That's called yeah. the Confidence Go, focusing on like gut health and nutrition um, and talking about how to like morph like your new identity as like a mom with like your old existing identity as like a pre-parent. Um, it's been interesting and like figuring out how to like bridge that gap just because gut health does obviously connect to hormone health and supplements do help like regulate your hormones and those kinds of things like bridging that gap has been like actually seemingly very natural but really difficult for me to get my head around um and so that's been really interesting just like as a founder because I feel like I've almost had to like mourn like the death of like the formal former self but for their like formal former brand identity that I had attached Um, to then embrace like a newer transform shape-shifting version of myself um, as a parent. It's 
you know, the art reflects reality, right? Like it feels like maybe the creation that you've made both in like a human form and also the business babies are like, it feels like your creative lens is like truly through business, which is really interesting. You know, just thinking about like, okay, I see like a need and then I want to create this thing that sort of helps with that need. And it's something I identify with as well. Just like the creative flow that comes from creating a business and how naturally it comes to you maybe the second time, kind of how I've heard that the second kid (laughs) is like, is like easier too, you know, just like that sort of like muscle memory and sort of being able to kind of like pick up on that quickly. So, I mean, I do kind of want to talk about your transition into entrepreneurship because I, I, I'm biased. I know that, but everybody knows that who's listening as well. And that it's like a true change and flex into a completely, you almost like access this different part of your brain, I think, to realize like, if I can create the thing, it's like manifestation too, right? Like Mm -hmm. I can create that thing. I have the vision and I can get myself all the way there and learn all these little bits and pieces that I might not know completely, but like I can embody in order to get to that thing, that vision that I've seen for myself. So like, let's talk about the first transition, like even before your your baby, but like moving from traditional career into being an entrepreneur and kind of solving for that now that you can look back and see like, what were all the steps in in the transitionary phase? Yeah. I mean, I do feel like I had a little bit of a leg up just because I was an independent contractor before I decided to have my own business. Um, And even though I was an independent contractor, I was in sales. I did commercial leasing for office space, which is like a total different animal from what I'm doing now. Um, But I did that for like six, five, six years before I became an entrepreneur. And before that I did like, I worked for startups and I worked for like, you know, growing businesses. So I always had like an interest in wanting to grow something and be like on a team that's like the ground up. And that was always kind of just like really interesting to me, but I never did it myself. And then I went from doing real estate and honestly, it was nuts because I made no money my first like year in real estate. I was living on credit cards. I was just like totally like living on the edge of my seat, like paid, like (laughs) not even paycheck to paycheck, just like credit card to credit card, like just because, and then I finally got some commissions in, which was amazing. And it took a lot of really hard work and a lot of, um, uh, banging my head against the wall for lack of a better word. Um, but I was working with entrepreneurs on, and usually like smaller ones to help them find space and like grow into that space. And so it was kind of like, Mm, I had these intuitive callings like from the beginning and then I really wanted to like control my income. And it was like an eat, eat what I kill type situation. Um, when I got into real estate, which ended up being a little bit more, um, like not exactly what I wanted just because it was a very old boys network in society. I mean, there was only like one other girl really who was doing what I was doing in like most of LA. And this is pre like, 
pre-selling sunset. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, not as glamorous. That's not real, everybody. <laughs> not as FYI. glamorous. And like office space, by the way, is like completely changed today too, just given the state yeah. of the world and COVID. Right. Um, so true. But like, it was crazy, like working with these like really small companies and like watching them grow and like helping them find space for like much more people. And also just like working with different people, like whether it was like their HR person, which obviously you probably know a lot about um, with regards to central real estate stuff too, um, or like their culture person, like designing their office that made sense for their culture. Like kind of like I was mm. just like a – I wore so many hats and I was a therapist. I was like a best friend. I was like everything that you could think of for like these CFOs and CEOs that were like going to be like putting their businesses in these places that – would come every day and hopefully think that like and drink the kool-aid basically um right and so I was like I want this like after a while but I just didn't know what I really wanted to do um and lo and behold like I had gut issues (laughs) and probably Mm -hmm. like I like would go on these tours and I'd be like I would like know where the bathrooms were when I was on tour (laughs) <laughs> the codes, things like that. I was like, it's so crazy. Like one quick sidebar when I had an eating disorder. <laughs> this is really no, sidebar. Um, <laughs> I knew the same thing. I was literally like, I can't be anywhere. This, I mean, it's kind of sad, honestly. Like when you have to, like, basically, you're creating something around a disability. Yeah, I, I still have like a note in my phone that has like the door codes for like different restaurants and coffee shops and stuff like that because like yeah. I just wanted Wait, to- that's a business too Lexi <laughs> that's a business anyone want some uh <laughs> so many little LA bathrooms I got you <laughs> honestly <laughs> it's not gonna be lucrative but it's very niche <laughs> it is and there's a girl on TikTok that like does like actual like I took a shit in the bathroom and like does these like crazy like beautiful like videos of like the toilet paper is like a 10 and like and I was just like this is literally Stop. me my life I used to do that in the bathroom I was like this bathroom's definitely like an eight like I'll come back here like <laughs> oh my god that is so freaking true I am literally this is transporting me back as well and I was thinking about that the other day where I was like oh when we were on a trip um like rest stops and stuff. So you would like kind of know which ones are good. And I'm like, okay, mental note. Like, yeah, we'll stop at this rest stop. Yeah. <laughs> Go over to Rochester next. And then like inevitably by accident, because I don't keep track of that shit, we would end up at the same one. And I'd be like, oh, that's – I liked this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> You're like, this one has my name in it. I basically put my name in Sharpie on the inside of the stall. Like it's mine. <laughs> Lexi was here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, okay. Quick little gross side note, but keep going. No, it's true though. But like, so funny. Like, anyways, um, but I had that basically in my Rolodex. So, uh, and yeah. fast forward to me being like, well, this is a real problem. Like, I can't just like go on tours and be like, by the way, guys, I'll buy you guys coffee at the next location, but like, I'm going to use the bathroom and like slip away you know, that kind of yeah. stuff. Maybe like just get my tea because I knew coffee was like a total deterrent to my, to my gut. Um, mm-hmm. but like, you know, I was like, wow, maybe like I should stop buying everyone coffee so much, but it's really just a bathroom issue. Um, <laughs> but it was a stress issue too. Like it was stressful. I was driving around these like big, powerful executives in my car and like I would need to be showing them and like need to know like 
everything that's going on in LA, like in the, in the city, like what new buildings are going to be available, how much space, all the rates, like all that kind of stuff. And I made them booklets. It was, it was an intense job, but like, it was very fulfilling once you got paid. Um, yeah. And then COVID happened, but before COVID happened, I decided to like work on essentially my gut health became like health coach certified just because I was so curious about what was going on with me and also worked with a naturopath and had like a microbiome scientist and, and like just got connected to so many great people. And I think like just because this is intuition calling, like following your intuition on like things that really are attractive to you. For example, I was like, I want to get some research done about like why I feel so miserable all the time. X, Y, and Z. It was definitely stress related work, obviously yeah. a little bit. And it was like, I probably, I mean, I was some of, I was actually eating a lot of the fat, like right foods at that time. A lot of it was just like IBS and stress related, but there were food triggers mentally that really affected me. Um, And so I did all those things, researched, ended up making a supplement and literally in 2020, in the beginning, I'd had like one of my best years in real estate the year before which completely like ended up funding my business for me, which was so amazing. And that's kind of what I was really like working towards. I was like, if I can make enough money in that, I can not only save some, but I can really throw it all into my business and like really take a risk on myself. Um, Damn, that's so cool. That (laughs) Um, and then come like, Oh God, I remember like writing out my real estate goals in like January of 2020, like with my firm and then like, (laughs) no joke. And then like in March, I was in like in March, I was planning to launch my business and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, I just really don't know how, like, how am I going to do both at the same time? This is going to be so hard. One of my businesses is going to fail. Like, I just need to like, and I really hope it's not the one that I just poured so much money into. Right. Um, And then it was kind of like, cosmic timing also the worst possible thing that could have happened um COVID happened like in March like literally two weeks before I was planning on launching and the world just like shut down and my pack and but it was also kind of like a oh like this is what you are supposed to be doing like real estate doesn't exist Mm. anymore because no one's going to the office and no one's doing any of those things like you are being fully pushed into what you've been prepping to do. Like there is no other way. (laughs) Yep. There's only one path. It's I've been thinking about that a lot. And with my client earlier, we were talking about having one foot in two worlds at the same time, which is it's possible if you want to like spread yourself to the point of like being pulled apart essentially eventually you can't be in like two cars at the same time right either like eventually you're gonna have to like choose one and kind of jump into it and I think it's funny because I think a lot of people have similar stories of the pandemic where it was just like the bottom drops out and what do you do with that like certainly not chastising anybody for like taking care of their mental health and like Mm -hmm. really taking a pause and taking a beat when that happened because you were probably burnt out to freaking begin with but like I know that was the same thing for me with my business. Like it ended up being August of 2020, but the bottom eventually fell out of what I was doing too because it was in hospitality. And they like thankfully floated me until August when I was the one hiring or responsible for hiring all these hospitality brands that like were not running anymore. And and then it was like, okay, you're going to go full-time into High Priestess of Brooklyn. And 
it was made – I was praying for that transition yep. as I'm sure you were too and you just like never really know like how, which is the whole thing of manifestation. Like you're not supposed to. You can only just keep following these intuitive pings mm-hmm. and let the path kind of lead you in the direction that you've been asking for. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. And when you don't answer the universe, it will answer for you. <laughs> You'll get pushed. You'll get – what do they say? It's First it's a whisper. Then it's a yell. Then it's a slap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then it's a push. And that was like <laughs> – that, that, was, that was my literal push. It was like in January, yeah. Do you, are you really making these goals for a business that you don't even – you're not even like attached to anymore but you are LOL, very grateful for? Yeah. And then it was like a month and a half later, it was like, oh, you, you didn't listen? Okay. <laughs> and it's not even that. Like it's so – look, manifestation gets easier over time just like running a business does or having kids. Like it takes practice. It's so weird. I feel like people get beginner's luck with it because you're like, well, it's so pie in the sky. You're like, of course, I want like a partner. And then like I think it starts kind of small people when people are testing it out. Yeah. Like, I need a couch. And then like you get the couch and you're like, oh my God, that was so easy. That That's amazing. You didn't think it was going to come through. So you just kind of let it go and whatever mm-hmm. you get the couch. And then you're like, all right, let's see. I want a partner. And then you're like, where is he? <laughs> <laughs> Doing exactly the opposite of what you did to get the freaking couch. Right. And like, Agreed. it takes practice to let go. It does. You're so right. And like, I was very fortunate in the pings that I received when I was very young for my husband. And like, we both mm. like just kind of like responded to the pings. We were like, oh, wait. And it was very, very, very like cosmic and just made sense at the time. There was like mm. multiple people trying to set us up. Everyone just thought that we were so good together. And it was just like almost like too much. I was like, oh, like, I don't know. Like, I, I'm like so 23 years old. Like, I, like, this sounds like a fun idea. Like, he sounds great. And I just moved to a brand new city as of New York. And then it was funny because we were, like, kind of flirting, flirting, flirting. And, but, I, but I was, like, super kind of, like, no. Like, I just moved here. Like, I want to do me. Then Hurricane Katrina happened. <laughs> no. Talk about, talk about a push. It was, like, nah, nah, nah. And then, like, the hurricane happened and we ended up, like, really talking a lot and we just like got close and then we ended up like seeing each other after the hurricane and it was just kind of like on after that but like we had so many pings it was just like this person tried to intro us this person wanted us to get together he'd invited me to so many things like so many funny things um and like I did listen to the pings but I was like trying to ignore them and then it was just a push and then I was like nope like full stop. Like I have to give this a try. Like he's great. And like, I just need to do it. But that yeah. was, a push. <laughs> that was a push. I mean, I'm trying to map it to your placements. Remind us your placements. Cause we, I didn't mention that before your big three. Oh, oh, um, I'm a Capricorn sun, Leo rising and Gemini moon. And my Gemini moon really, really, um, confuses me sometimes, but <laughs> it I was thinking about your sense. Yeah, well, you all Gemini placements like to have two things going on at the same time. So, like two businesses, maybe two kids, mm-hmm. two um two options people. for 
two people in the same freaking body. Yeah, like whatever. I know. It's uh but I feel like your Leo rising was like being a little bit stubborn. Oh, like totally. a fixed sign it would to be like, no, I'm gonna find him on my own and I'm gonna I wanna do this and like mm-hmm. having a little bit of a totally hundred percent. Yeah. Like the way you move through the world is like I'll pick it up when I'm ready to do it. Like you have to be fully, but your heart has to be in it too. Like 100%. you're ruled by your Capricorn sun. Your sun is the ruler, right? So like I do think that um yeah, that's a that's an interesting thing. I have another friend, couple friends that met during Sandy. So they like met, went on their first date, San- they like hooked up or whatever and then they saw each other again and it was like literally they got stuck together because then you Which know could how it really was is that what you meant really well don't we go well, you met we, we didn't sandy stand right yes we didn't get stuck together. okay oh wait yeah i meant that what did i say did i say katrina? <laughs> you said katrina and i was like i'm pretty sure she meant you were like wait that's no like you were too young like see no <laughs> actually that was the first <laughs> well, i was I like i mean they could have I mean, look, whatever. I no judgment no, her of anything. Sandy. Like, I don't know how he met, but needed that. Needed that. No, 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 no. Sandy, yeah, we don't do fact checks on this podcast. <laughs> but I just try to catch him when I when I hear him. But um, yeah, no, it could go. It could go totally one of two ways. I mean, you wouldn't still be talking about him if it went the if it went south, obviously. But totally, <laughs> yeah. No, it's. It's funny. I mean, just like the whole intuitive calling, like I was like, I am interested. And then I was being stubborn and then my stubbornness totally wore off. And like, I'm a total like loyalist when it comes to finding someone that makes sense for me and that I love and that I respect. That is a total Capricorn tendency. So that is my son um, just overruling once I made my decision. Yeah, totally. And I think also knowing if you're such a loyal person, you're like, okay, I'm going to wait to really like somebody because I know once I'm in, I'm all in. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly how I felt. I was like, this guy's too good. Like, and I just got here. I need to have like my Samantha Jones moment. Like what's going on? Like I didn't want (laughs) sex in the city for nothing. (laughs) I know. And then that like backfires at a certain point. Like there is this – because it's – it's so – I mean, Sex in the City obviously glamorized a lot of things, including just the entire city of New York. For sure. I'm very glad I'm here, clearly. I'm so glad that Sarah Jessica Parker, like, paved the way for me to, like, be a, you know, a little writer and, like, yeah. you know, run my own business and stuff. Like, it's kind of crazy, like, how much I was influenced, and I'm sure you feel the same way, by that freaking show. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the the – for for certain people, like I, I just always felt so attached. Like it was impossible for me to be detached from people that I met because I'm I'm a Gemini too. But my this is go, getting into the weeds of astrology. But like Juno, which is a an asteroid that's responsible for like marriage and and do partnership is exactly conjunct my son so I've never truly felt like a Gemini I've always felt like why am I so freaking loyal why do I want everything to work out so much like why am I so commitment focused and then like I kind of realized that placement and I was like oh that makes so much sense so um yeah your Gemini wait why does your Gemini moon confuse you 
I mean, I think it's just it's- so counterintuitive to my Capricorn sun sometimes, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. But like, yeah. once I've understood more of my Gemini moon, I'm like, oh yeah, this makes sense. It's just probably like more subconscious. Like I don't necessarily think that's really how I am, even though it really is. <laughs> yeah. Like a Gemini moon. I was just thinking about that because you're so network focused. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, I'm interested in this thing. I'm curious about this thing. So I'm going to like gather people around me to learn about that thing. And then you're going to create a community-based business, which I think is so smart for you. Um, to th- And you've, you've done a really good job with Confidence Co. too, of just having it be community-minded. But I think this next phase circle makes so much sense for somebody with a Gemini placement, right? Because like yeah. networking and like bringing people together and like having that – lens on life is just something you do so naturally so it's like not that I don't want to say it's not that hard but kind of I mean no I appreciate it's natural to you yeah I mean it does feel natural just to want I mean it's just like what I want to do what I like doing is bringing people together and it gives me so much satisfaction live in live inside my human design mind of like being (laughs) yes and I was just gonna ask you are you a four six I'm a three five Oh, okay, so cool. I'm, like, I'm the like challenge. Basically, I like I'm the grand experimenter, basically. Ooh, cool. So we're talking about you we flex into human design. Yep. We're gonna have some experts in human design on the podcast, so don't fret. Yeah. Um <laughs> but what I asked Lexi was is is something called a profile line mm-hmm. where you have um an unconscious and conscious uh, personality type. So it's almost like connecting in another area of like your big three. It would be like connecting to, I don't know, your rising sign or something like that or your sun. Um, And so like four, six is what mine is, which is like community builder. And like Mm -hmm. you get every single opportunity you have is like through your network and, you know, every job you get is through your network and stuff like that. Um, so that's why I thought Lexi might've been a four or six, just cause it seems like that was kind of her trajectory too, but I guess it's just her Gemini moon. <laughs> yeah. I think it's my Gemini moon. Cause my three, five is like, I'm willing to take risks and I have to do them all on my own and oh. people more so look to me to do it first. Um, so they can learn from my failures or my successes. <laughs> Um, wow cool which is interesting and I definitely say I've had my fair share but usually of like my group of friends like I will end up doing things like first and then like they'll be like oh I saw that you did that and like now I want to do this Mm. or I don't and like it's funny I guess that's definitely a personality type and I think it's also a little bit of a stubbornness like I need to learn from my own mistakes versus looking at other people and do that from their mistakes. So it's a little bit of a challenge sometimes too. (laughs) Well, part of that is also just like, and I think what human design does so well is it kind of shows you what your energy is and what your alignment is so that you can start to take advice that really lines up with that. For sure. Because I was just talking about this with my client earlier too. Like everybody's got a freaking opinion and, and, Totally. If you really just truly like open yourself up like an antenna to all the advice that comes your way, like you would have 50 million different ways to go through the exact same experience and it would just ultimately be like more confusing and less enjoyable. Can you explain your your human design while I pull out my chart? Oh yeah, of course. So 
I am a manifesting generator. That is the energy chakra that essentially I am. And that's really just how I expend or expend my energy or how I need to like essentially uh, rest myself. (laughs) And just generally (laughs) for an MG, I really do recharge around other people. Um, And which is which makes a lot of sense. Like Extrovert. I enjoy yep. being around other humans in order to be able to restore my energy, and I don't necessarily need that much downtime or alone time. I will say that that has changed more since I've become a mom because I just need to have some alone time because you just don't get any alone time um, right. at all. So that has changed, but I still need way less than my husband, who's a projector. And he recharges Mm. um, completely on his own. He needs to have his alone time and he needs to have like that space um, where he's by himself, either on his phone or just doing anything that feels like he's completely solely alone. And before I found human design, honestly, I would kind of take offense because he would be like, in his own little corner, like doing, I'd be like, Hey, like, could we just go do this today? Blah, blah. blah. And he's like, I just really need a day of rest. Like, I just, I just can't like, and I'd be like, okay, like you just don't want to hang out with me. Like what's wrong with you? Like, blah, blah, blah. What's wrong with me in my head? Like, you know, yeah. just completely convincing myself that there was something wrong versus him just like needing time for him to be able to recharge and feel better in his design. Right. And that was so empowering when I found out the difference between the two because it really gave me permission to just be like, oh, he doesn't want to. He needs to do that. I can go and do those things with someone else or I can go to the farmer's market and yeah. I can socialize and see a bunch of people while he is like sitting and like reading a book or like needs to sit on the couch and like absorb like football or whatever it is. And that's the sure. way he's going to recharge and I'm going to recharge by going and doing something. Um, yeah. So it gives you like – permission and independence um in your relationship too yeah my husband's a manifesting generator his job though is like extremely extroverted like he's Mm -hmm. on his feet and he's talking to people and he's like doing that whole thing all day so like he actually needs like to recharge but he's a virgo rising so he likes to recharge with like playing guitar or like playing a game or like some way to like unwind his brain but like not talking to me which is like (laughs) not talking to me I love it it's true kind of annoying but like I work from home and I'm so extroverted that I also need to remind myself that like when I'm feeling super low energy I'm a manifester by the way but when I'm super low energy right um I have to go do something social yeah I will say that manifestors typically when you're not in your design is like when you're not and you like need to shut down and like literally go away for like a day. Like my dad's a manifester. I have a very good friend who's a manifester. They are the best social people. And like I would want those people in at my networking event, like just literally put all of them in there. Like every manifester, please come. <laughs> They're so social. They bring is this an the open energy. invitation? They bring the party. Yes. <laughs> open invitation. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing, um, but it also can really exhaust them if they exert themselves too much. Um, and so it's not something that feels authentically good for you or you're not like fully in your design. It can be really exhausting for you and you will like burn out and sleep. Like sometimes we'll just be like, dad, where are you? And he's like, I'm just in bed for like five or six hours, like in the middle of like a day. And I'm like, that's cool. Like. And I used to be like, maybe he's, maybe he's like going through a depression. And then I'd be like, 
no, he's just recharging. That's just like what he needs to do because the rest of the time he's like going, 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 going. Um, right. I think it's really great that I mean, you I th- have balance. I think that inadvertently I created a business that allows for a ton of downtime. Like mm-hmm. I create my day. If I have a client, I know I need to show up for that. For the podcast interview, I know I need to show up for that. But I can like create the rest around those experiences so that sure. I'm not like on. Mm-hmm. Um, and lately I've been doing like just blocking out just depending on the week a full admin day. If I'm like, oh, it looks like this is the pocket for most open um, or that's most open and I don't have things booked in. I just block the whole day now mm-hmm. so that I can go get acupuncture, like be creative. Like it's very hard to be creative as you know, in like a very, like a two hour window where you have to do something like I need more space. So for everybody who's like just learning about human design, I use my human design, which is Jenna Zoe's, um, website that kind of explains things. And then I also have the blueprint from Aaron Claire Jones, which I highly recommend as well. Mm-hmm. You can also work with a human design professional. Lexi works with one on a regular basis because she like what they actually work together. And then um, my friend Clinton is also a human design reader as yeah. well. And I, I do think it's very important to like have somebody kind of guiding you through it when you're first learning. For sure. I pull it up for clients, like just in the span of like especially for business, like for generators, like you need to respond to things. Like don't be the one to like necessarily come up with that from scratch. You need to like say yes, no. Like for me, that's different for projectors. That's different. Mm -hmm. So I like to like at least pull that up for people and kind of help them be able to make decisions. But, um, but yeah, I know some of this is going to feel like gobbledygook for, for some of you who aren't like geeking out about human design, but it's hitting a tipping point, just like astrology did. So you will, you'll hear about a lot more and then you'd be, you might like it more than astrology. You, you do, right? You like human design a little bit more than. I think that human design is a little bit more digestible with regards to really figuring out like how to lead with a purpose in your life. Um, yeah. Versus I think astrology is amazing and it gives you so many different components, but I find it more difficult to really get in like the um, yeah. workings of just because I don't. But then again, I just haven't fully um, like understood all that much about like the inner workings of astrology. When I look at a chart, I like can't really figure everything out as naturally as when I yeah. learned the design. I was kind of familiar with chakras and energy chakras. The yep. more that I find out about human design, I do think that um, there's a lot more inner workings to it. It depends on how deep you want to go. But I really think yep. it's very interesting looking at your chart. And I know you can do this astrology too. Um, like Alex, who I'm sure you will chat with, like she does a lot of things for parenting, which I find to be really helpful and also helps with like your, with your partner and you can look at your chart and you can look at your partner's chart or even your baby's chart, um, because they're not saying anything, they're not doing anything yet. And they're really in their most authentic form of like their human design, uh, which I find to be fascinating because they're not conditioned yet by society to like think a certain way, do certain things. And so they're just like yeah. living in their design exactly as intended. Didn't Ra Uru start human design or like channel human design for parents specifically so that like they – for the goal, I think that was what happened at the beginning. And my friend Clinton told me this the other day that like the goal is so that like children were not 
programmed the way that society programs children to like everybody goes to school and like does exactly the same thing and like mm-hmm. you know our parents can sort of parent children in different ways that are more yeah custom to the child versus like fitting within a confine of societal standards I mean that would be like the most incredible way to use it <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm excited to use it for that reason. And then like it's true with astrology too. I I get that it's not the most intuitive sometimes because it's kind of complicated. You need to learn like a whole system. It's Mm -hmm. similar to like how you would maybe look at tarot or human design, but I really prefer, obviously you guys know me by now, but like I like to look at things intuitively. So like don't feel like you need to know the entire system, but if like one little nugget of a system is very helpful for you to apply it, it works great. Then like human design has been helpful for you. If you know your rising sign and you know one thing now, totally, and you've applied that and it's helpful for you, then great. Like you are using your astrology. Don't get like caught caught up in all the details. I I also don't even think I would like human design if I didn't already like astrology. I just haven't really gone deep into astrology because I'm more intimidated by it. (laughs) It's intimidating. It's it's like these barriers to entry. I was intimidated for a really long time when I like knew a lot. I was like, I can't call myself an astrologer because I like don't know enough yet. And then I was like, wait, there is no governing body. There's no like, there's, there's more now. Yes. That you can get accredited with, which I have, but I also feel like as long as you're not like, do you know, starting to pick up and work with clients when you feel like you have enough to be able to be helpful to them. Mm -hmm and you've studied enough, then like you could add that to your repertoire, right? Like I know somebody who works in insurance and she like reads auras. And so like it's helpful for her to kind of like read the aura and people are like, oh, you can read mine. And she's like, okay, cool. Like that's kind of how astrology worked for me too. I I would pull somebody's chart and like kind of reference it and people are like, no, tell me all of it. And I'm like, all right, let's, let's go. But it was helpful for – and it still is helpful for me to orient to somebody's energy by just hearing the placements and being like, oh, they're wired like this. They're wired like that. Yeah. And human design is starting to open up like that for me as well too as another intuitive language. So I'm just like letting it kind of unfold. I wow. hope to learn That's beautiful. a lot more about it. But so yeah. I, planets I, are also connected to human design. So it's I know. all connected. It really is. And I'm just starting to learn about that, which maybe will make me think that astrology is something I could potentially like move towards because yeah. it's not as intimidating anymore if I learn some of the planets. But I'm like, okay, I need to learn more about these planet placements at the time totally. of my birth. I'm three months before I was born that suddenly my identity was shifted or whatever it is, that kind of right. stuff, which is like kind of like the sides of the charts if you're looking at a human design chart. Yeah. The the curiosity, like being like, oh, I feel like human design is this thing that I want to like learn a little bit more about. And then all of a sudden, because you're getting immersed in that thing, you are learning it. Like yep. that is <laughs> like you – I I I've also reject. I don't know. Like I'm having a hard time with the word expert at the moment. As in, like, just calling because yourself an expert. Yeah, either calling yourself an expert or like, what at what level are you an expert? Like, I guess it would be the ten thousand hours thing, which is like, if you're not familiar, that's like the Malcolm Gladwell tipping point. Like, <clears throat> once you get past a certain amount of hours, you're like an expert or like 
truly immersed in whatever skill set that is. Um, I don't know. I just don't even, I, I think it's like kind of putting onus on something outside of yourself. If you are going to an expert to tell you something that like you still have to check in and intuitively, I guess I'm, I'm having a hard time articulating this, but like, I think that's why I reject it. I think or I'm that having a hard time with you it. are an expert first and foremost, I would call you one, but well, don't. no, I would. Well, don't, I, I don't like the word. That no, <laughs> but I would say like, I mean, also I think that that's just like, you have to exercise the word. Like it's more of like a practice and maybe that's just like yeah. not a word that you like. Maybe. That's fine. You can call yourself a guru. Yeah. You can call yourself anything else. You are the high priestess. Yeah. So like there's so many <laughs> other things that we can actually refer to you as an expert, but not necessarily use that specific word. But I think it shows a lot of humility that you are um, continuing, continuing to learn and you're willing to learn because there's a lot of times when people are like, I've learned enough. Now I know I'm an expert. I've done the schooling. I've done this. And like, ultimately, that's why I reject it. And yes, like, but ultimately, that's exactly like, it. You learn more on your job and through your yep. clients and through those people than you probably ever do in school. Or It's so true. But that's where I have, that's like, if you're constantly in learning and practice, like, I, that's what I respond to. I think when people say like, I'm an expert in X, Y, Z, like I do kind of, I thank you for that visual, like expect somebody to like close the book up. Now you come to me. Mm -hmm. Now I get to charge X, Y, Z or whatever the case may be. Or I truly like people in my field that I don't jive well with are people who are like, I'm the expert in this and you should come to me and learn from me specifically for this thing or like, this is my methodology. So like pack it up. That's it. And I'm not going to learn something that's like, that's just, I think it's just like open-mindedness in general and the, the people that are or are not. But like with expertise, like I think we can get into that territory of like maybe the ego a little bit faster than we can in other areas. That's how I feel about all degrees, to be honest. Like I have a master's in branding and communication and I in no way ever felt qualified after I graduated to like accept that as what I was just because I never really used it truly in practice. Like what I went to school and suddenly like I'm an expert now, like I haven't taken right. a job or profession or started a business or done any of that thing, any of the things that like I want to do now with my degree to even call myself that like I have a master's like, okay. Um, Right. But like, that's not like a qualifier. And that's also why it's hard. Like, I feel like even if you go back to school and you maybe want to be a therapist or you want to learn something else and acquire a new skill, there's still so many hours of training that you have to do. And then even through the training, like you still have more to learn. So I think it's just like, right. you're constantly evolving, but you know more yeah. than most people. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, no, but yes, I agree. Like you you it's almost like this moniker of like okay, this person has studied. At least you know maybe and it's like helpful for us as humans cuz as the way we are right now, it's just like who do you go to for what? Yeah. And so if we think if we go back to the village, right? Like we just all sort of understood like you go to Lexi for your medicine. You yeah. go to Alex for your <laughs> advice. <laughs> um you go to uh, you know 
XYZ person for this specific thing. And we had it much more, um, yeah, like much more of a community-based style than we do now, which is like there's plenty of for each thing. And it's just about finding the methodology or the person that you jive with. A hundred percent. And like if you meet someone and they're an expert at something, quote unquote, and you just don't jive with them, their energy's wrong, they're just not the right fit for you, it doesn't even matter. Like someone could be like one year into the practice and you meet them and you jive with them. It doesn't even matter what they might charge you. You're just like, yes, like I feel this. Yes. Like I'm in. Like, you know, totally buy-in and like showing that you actually can genuinely help them and you are listening at the end of the day, I think. Yeah. So I'm so excited about this next journey for you, the second <laughs> business. <laughs> and really helping mothers with the fourth trimester, as you mentioned. I know, except the fourth and... trimester, I just learned just generally. So, and this is something that you can actually think would be really interesting. Um, so apparently kids don't actually self-regulate until they're seven. And so until your child can actually like self-regulate, sometimes a lot of doctors say that that actual seven-year period is a postpartum for you because that doesn't – that means that you can't actually – they can't separate themselves really from you. And so you in turn are not really what? separating yourself from them. And so that for me was like – Oh, no. That makes me nervous. Apparently, a lot of things happen when a kid turns seven, and I was like, oh. That's the first Saturn square. Oh, my gosh. Wait. Tell me more. So Saturn moves in – so we all know the Saturn return, right? Or not all of us, but you probably heard about that. That's when Saturn returns to the exact same place it was when you were born, and Saturn's orbit takes about 30 years, you know, 29. Wow. So every seven years up until that point – we hit a milestone. So seven is the age that they now I know is like self-regulation, but also when time become, you become aware of time, like you're not just saying like that happened yesterday, but it happened two weeks ago, right? Like kids wow. do that, you know? Yeah. And then like 14, you hit like an independent age, you know, 21, a second independent age. And like, those are all like when the rug gets like proverbially like pulled from underneath you. And then the Saturn return is like all of those times, you know, times four, right? Like where you're like, okay, this is like when I'm going to create the life for myself in this next like 30 years and what do I want that to look like? So wow. the Saturn square is a, a pivotal time frame, And so I just, that's kind of interesting to think about like the structure of a child's world changing. And, and that is what Saturn is responsible for. Wow. That's actually really cool. I didn't realize that. I feel like it's just all interconnected. It's like and my my battery's at seven percent right now, which means I actually need to plug it in. But <laughs> which means my my mic is gonna go away. People are like annoyed with me that I don't know how to like, get my shit together. The but... End of the episode. Bad bit. I'm kidding. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed, please consider subscribing and or writing a review on the platform you listened on. And if you know someone who would really benefit from this episode, please share. 
all resources discussed will land in the show notes along with our socials. And until next time, talk soon.